Well, good morning. I guess we escaped a blizzard, didn't we, from early reports yesterday, but so glad you braved the cold to come into such a warm place, not necessarily because of the temperature, just because of the love we share and the connection we share through Jesus Christ. And so what a great day it is to assemble together. So Jackson was playing in a basketball tournament, our oldest son, before Thanksgiving, a few weeks ago, and one of the teams they were playing forgot that the purpose of basketball is not to get your opponent on the ground. And so that's kind of how, how this other team was playing. It was a rough game, and their fans were kind of encouraging it also. And so our, our, our folks were not disappointed when we lost that game. We were ready to get out of there uh, and escape whatever else might be coming. In fact, I think our fans might have even been kind of cheering the loss as the game came to its final minutes. And so can you imagine that, though? Why would you be happy to lose? Why would anybody be happy to lose, especially in our culture? I think sometimes people look at us as followers of Christ and feel that same way about us as we would think about why would somebody want to lose. We are the people who celebrate great loss. We, we just did that a moment ago. We celebrated great loss. And so it's just, it's this weird way of thinking that we try to wrap our brains around. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is having a conversation with His disciples. And so in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, He says to them, If anyone wants to become My follower, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow Me. For whoever wants to save his life, what? Will lose it. But whoever loses his life for My sake, We'll find it or we'll gain it. So in order to win, you have to lose. And so following Jesus is for losers. Think about that this morning. So that's hard to hear in a culture that invented the phrase that winning isn't everything. Winning is what? The only thing. That's right. Winning is the only thing. So Americans like to win and we love winners. We follow winners. And so that's why owners of of sports teams will, will pour outrageous, crazy money into some athlete with very questionable character because that athlete has an ability to help them win. And so they will invest in somebody who can win in athletics but is failing in life as far as humanity is concerned because on the field they help win and winning fills a stadium or fills an arena and a full arena fills the pockets of the owners. And so it's, it's, we care sometimes more about wins than we do about character. Not everyone. Not everyone. But how many does it take to influence a society? How many people does it take to influence a society? So this is why sometimes our political parties will choose candidates they don't even agree with simply because they know that candidate has the best chance of beating somebody else that they don't like. And so it's why every kid gets a trophy. Because we want everybody to win. It's why many disciples of of this early following of Jesus joined his cause. Jesus looked like a winner. I mean, you size him up. He could beat disease. He could beat demons. He could even beat death. Who doesn't want to follow him around? Man, you can drop your HSA. You can raise your deductible to whatever crazy amount. You're never going to have to pay it if you follow Jesus, right? Who wouldn't want to follow him? No way, then. No way he couldn't beat the Romans. These scumbags who've taken over our land. And so they signed up to follow this Jesus in great numbers. He's the ultimate winner. 
We're going to follow Him. And they believed it so much that one time, Jesus was talking about going to, to Jerusalem to lose. He's got to go to Jerusalem so He can lose. And good old Peter, Apostle Peter, corrects Him. And Peter tells Jesus... Jesus, you're, you're not doing Messiah right. Okay, We need to talk about this job description that, that, that you told us that you're fulfilling because you're not doing it right. See, it's supposed to look like this because we didn't sign up to lose. But Jesus would not alter His mission to lose His life. And He would not change His call to follow no matter who approached Him and what manner they approached Him in. Every person was given the same decision to make. Even the winners... So Jesus is approached by this guy who, comparing the scorecard of their day, was a big winner. I mean, you size him up and, and you look at the, the, the status ladder there. He had youth, he had, uh, he had finance, he had position, he had the status. And, and, and most of all, did I mention he had money? <laughs> he was wealthy. And so this was the most important on their scorecard. He had affluence, but he also had influence. But for some reason, he does not have assurance. And so he comes to Jesus. And remember earlier, Jesus tells him, you know, here's what you need to do. You need to obey the commandments. You need to keep the commandments. And so the guy says, hey, I've checked off all these boxes because I'm winning at keeping commandments. And so in Luke chapter 18 and verse 22, when Jesus heard this, he says to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then... Come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was extremely wealthy. And Jesus isn't really dealing with the question of charity. He's confronting the sin of idolatry in this man's life. Because this is a guy who thinks he's winning at keeping the commandments, but he doesn't get that he's been missing the first commandment all along. Love the Lord your God with what? All of your heart. Not just some of it. He's looking for his wealth to do what only God can do. And so Jesus calls out, he names this chain that this young winner is wearing, that he's walking around carrying here, that's keeping him from this wholehearted devotion to God. And so Jesus challenges him to become a loser. And so uh, there was a McDonald's in Ohio. Man, I wish I, wish I had a slide for this one. But So anyway, you imagine a McDonald's sign. And so they, they put a sign out there and it says you know, that, that they were hiring a position, now hiring closers. They needed somebody for the night shift. Somebody to, to, to come in in the evenings and, 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 and work overnight and close the store out. Now hiring closers. Well, somebody in their great humor went out one evening and they took a couple... A letter's down. And so the next day, you look at the McDonald's signs, it says, now hiring, not closers, now hiring losers. They took the C away. Now hiring losers at McDonald's. And we can laugh at that, because it is funny. But that's Jesus' recruiting strategy. I mean, when you get down to the elementary principle of it, Jesus is effectively telling this man, you know something's not right because you've come to me asking me this question. You're trying to get things sorted out, so you know something's not right. So here's the deal. You've got to lose, and then you follow me. You lose and then follow. Verse 23, Luke 18, But when the man heard this, he became very sad, because he was extremely wealthy. And while many people might circumvent the rules and circumvent ethics to get this guy on their team, he's the one they want on their team, Jesus would not compromise. And he held true to what he had been teaching, because he's not recruiting winners as the world 
looks at winning. And so think about this. Not everyone who met Jesus left doing better. Think about that. Not everyone who met Jesus left doing better. Some left sadder. This guy left the presence of Jesus more sad than when he came into the presence of Jesus. And that makes Jesus sad too, because it's not about Jesus. It's about our response, our reaction, our acceptance of Him. And so, verse 24, when Jesus Jesus noticed this, He said how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And in fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And so for 2,000 years, Christians have strained and, and stretched to make Jesus mean anything than what it sounds like He just said. <clears throat> because today, in nearly 2019, money is still the ultimate scorecard. It's still proof that you are winning in our society. And so we want religion that, that gives us a spoonful of God. Just give me a spoonful of God while letting me hang on to all the things that I've won in this life. And so Jesus insists that we embrace Him with so much allegiance that you're willing to lose anything in order to gain Him. Anything that's holding you back. Anything that's keeping you down. And so the Creator of this human creature who knows us so well, He says, look, the pull of this world is so strong on you. The, the, the desires of this flesh are so strong. You have to make this decision daily. It's, every, it's not a one-time decision. It's every day you make a decision to follow Jesus. You deny yourself every day. You take up that cross every day to follow Him. So Jesus teaches that losing is in effect a winning strategy. And so, but in reality, winning anything significant requires choosing to lose. It does when you think about it. The sacrificing it takes to win or to accomplish something. So whether you're a performer or an athlete, whether you're in business, an entrepreneur, or in order to be better or even the best, it requires losing something. You've got to give up something, relinquish something in order to dedicate your energy and your time and your focus on what you're trying to achieve. And so winning requires losing. And so we look at somebody and we say, I wish I had the ability they have. Or I wish I had the money that they have. Or I wish they had the physique that they have. Do you? <laughs> I mean, do you really? Do, do we really want that? Because most of the time, we're not willing to pay the price that it takes to get that or to achieve that. We want it, but we don't really want to sacrifice what it takes to achieve it. And so I'm not willing to lose what I would have to lose to gain what I say I want to gain. And so in verse 23, when the man heard this from Jesus, what he had to do, he was very sad because he was extremely wealthy. And we do this every day. Some lose sweets so they can gain fitness. Not this time of the year, I know it, but New Year's resolutions are coming. Some give up sweets in order to gain fitness or you lose an argument, maybe. You give up an argument in order to, to gain or to hold on to a relationship or a friendship. So you thought you were right, but, but you knew if you kept pressing, you'd win the fight, but you're going to lose the person. And it's not worth it. So you give that up. And maybe there's a little bit of pride that you sacrifice for that. And some made a decision when children came into the home to give up a job in order to, 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 to take care of the children. And that wasn't because you didn't need the money. 
You did. But, and we do this all the time for all kinds of things. We lose so that we can win bigger. In around the 1940-ish time frame, there's a missionary, uh, Glenn Adsit. He and his family were serving in China. And so the authorities came and, and they put him under house arrest. And so he was, remained under house arrest. And then one day, for some reason, the soldiers came and they said, we're going to let you return to the United States. So you need to pack up your belongings, but you can take only 200 pounds. We're going to ship 200 pounds of your belongings. And so they'd been there for quite a while. They, they were there for a long time. So 200 pounds, so they got the scales out and they start, you know, they, they start weighing and they start the family arguments. Because he has a typewriter, he's a writer, he has a typewriter, so he wants to take his typewriter with him. Well, his wife wants to take all the family heirlooms. And they got kids, the kids want to take their toys, and so they're weighing all this stuff and they're trying to sort it out. And so finally, right on the dot, they got 200 pounds. And so the, the soldiers come back and they say, we're ready to escort you, are you ready to go? And they said, yes. I said, you have 200 pounds? He said, yes, we do. And they said, have you weighed the children? Have you weighed the children? And in that moment, all of their treasure became trash. When Jesus heard this, He said to him, One thing, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow Me. Jesus contended the kingdom win is worth every loss, whatever loss. That's required of us. And so he preached, repent. Lose the way you've been living. Lose the way you've been acting. Lose the way you've been thinking. Because the kingdom of God is here. And that is good news. And it's worth it. And this wasn't a rebuke. He wasn't getting on to them. He was inviting them. It's an invitation that Jesus extends. This life drenched in mission and presence. And the love of God is here, he says. And you can have it. This life you're created for. This life that deep down we are hungry for. But what this young man saw as a burden, Jesus was presenting as a bargain. This is a bargain here. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. Jesus is teaching a parable. and He says, the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field that a person found and hid. They go out and they find this treasure. Whoa! I don't want anybody else to to take this away from me, so let let me go hide it. And so then, because of his joy, he went out and sold everything that he owned so he could buy that field where that treasure was. Jesus says, that's the kingdom of heaven. That's how we need to see the win of the kingdom of heaven, the joy of the kingdom of heaven. The blessing there. Jesus was relentless in saying this over and over and over again that the kingdom of heaven is worth whatever it costs. Whatever it costs to enter. And see, Satan's great aim, his his direction, his, his sights are not set on us to get us addicted to to porn or to alcohol or or to get us addicted to our job, get us addicted to sports. That's not Satan's aim. Those are ways he achieves his aim. He uses those to achieve it. But his greatest aim is to keep us from seeing that following Jesus is the great win that it actually is. Satan's aim is to get us to think, eh, yeah, okay. 
Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's all right. I got, I got Jesus a couple hours on Sunday. It's cool. That's what he's after. He's not after this big, huge destruction of your life. He's after one decision. One decision away from Christ. Because one decision leads to two decisions. Leads to a pattern. Leads to a lifestyle. He wants us to focus so much on what we might lose if we're truly committed to Christ that we can't even see what we would gain. So He blinds us to what we would gain. It's like the great poet, the great poet, Johnny Mercer and the Pied Pipers. Y'all know this. J.O. We talked about this the other day. So you know this song. You've got to what? Accentuate the positive. Eliminate the negative. Latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Some of y'all are humming this probably. I'm not going to sing it. You've got to spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith or pandemonium liable to walk upon that scene. So Peter says to Jesus, Luke 18:28, Look, we've left everything to follow you. Look at us, Jesus. We've left everything. To follow you. And Jesus looks at him. I, can't, I can imagine just the, the loving look. As Jesus looks upon Peter, as Peter in his heart, Jesus, we've, we've done what you've asked us to do. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, there's no one. It's not just you, Peter. It's not just you. There's no one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of God's kingdom. There's no one who has given up anything for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this age and to the age to come eternal life. But people are people. We're just people. And we focus on what we'd miss if we gave Jesus a wholehearted yes versus what we're missing when we only give Jesus a half-hearted yes. Sell all that you have and give money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. You guys, you know this ain't about money. It's not about money. It's about priority. It's about preeminence. What's elevated in your life so much that you're not willing to sacrifice it for Jesus Christ. And when Jesus says sell, when He tells this man sell, that word rang out so loud, it was so deafening in this man's ears that he couldn't hear the word come. Jesus wasn't saying sell everything you got and fend for yourself. No. Sell everything you Get rid of what's holding you back. And come to Me. Come to Me. Do life with Me. And there's likely in your life, and certainly in mine, at least one area of obedience that feels like losing. <laughs> feels like that's a human part of this. That's the struggle. That's this battle that we live within. And if following Jesus in that area makes us sad, we think about it, then it's a sign that we do not know Him well enough. That's our area of focus. Early days of the Olympic Games. I mean, like really early. Like the first games, right? Marathon running was like one of the very first event. They ran the marathon first. And so if you won the marathon, you got this bouquet of flowers. Well, that's really nice. But you also had the privilege of standing by the king for the remainder of the games. You could stand with him and, and in his place of 
prominence for the rest of the game. And so what, this strong young runner enters the, 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 the marathon here and he shows up on race day and, and nobody really knew him, but he, he, they offered him money and they offered him property, land, so that he would not win. Throw this race. We'll give you whatever you want. Just throw it. Don't win. Because you're sure to win. Look at you, you know. But he did run. And he won. And so then he was asked afterwards. I'm sure they had a news crew there. <laughs> they said, you gave up money. And you gave up property. You gave up this, this for flowers? You gave this up for flowers? And he said, I didn't run for flowers. I ran for the privilege to stand beside my king. See, when your life collides with Jesus, you get a new definition of what it means to win. And the Apostle Paul was a winner. He was a winner in his society. Had quite the pedigree. Philippians chapter 3, though, in verse 4. He says, look, if someone thinks he has good reasons to put confidence in human credentials, I have more. In case you think he's bragging, just hang on. I was circumcised on the eighth day, exactly like he should have done as a, a, an obedient Israelite, from the people of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin. That's, that's pretty good stock. A Hebrew of Hebrews, absolutely. I lived according to the law as a Pharisee. I know the law, and I checked the boxes. I obeyed the law. You find something I missed in the law. In my zeal for God, though, I persecuted the church. And according to the righteousness stipulated in the law, I was blameless. I did it on good conscience. You want to measure me by my ethnicity? I win. You want to measure me by my religious scholarship? I win. You want to measure me by my moral purity? I win. I'm a winner. But then he says this, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. He considers them garbage. When we think about garbage, we think about you know, maybe some napkins. Put your napkins over there in the garbage pail. Maybe you've got a, a compost that you, that you do. Maybe you recycle. The word he used here for garbage is the same word they would use for refuse. For the bathroom. I consider them garbage. It was a, this was offensive. This, 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 this. Why would you say that, Paul? It's so that I may gain Christ. I don't, it's, it's, just, it's the nastiest, everything I've got is the nastiest word stuff you can even imagine. So that I can gain Christ and be found in Him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And so we get into our cars now and then, and we go to a church building, and we smile a little bit, and we shake a few hands, and we talk about the weather, and then we go home. We go home. And we can get so close to the life that Jesus is offering. We can dip our toe into the water of commitment. But Jesus wants to know, what are you and I going to lose? 
in order to gain Him. Because He does not compromise. This is not about a compromise. And by the way, lest we forget, He made the same decision about us. In order for us to gain life, Jesus had to lose. And on His knees, sweat pouring like blood, wrestling and praying and deciding, and then losing. And hell trembles while heaven still rejoices because of what He did. Now what will you choose to lose? He said to them all, if anyone wants to become My follower, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow Me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for My sake will save it. For what does it benefit a person if he gains the whole world, but loses or forfeits himself? There was a television show named called uh, Everyone Loves Raymond. Some of you guys might have watched that. And so it starred uh, Ray Romano. And so Ray Romano had, it had a long, successful run, this show did. And then one day, all of a sudden, Ray decided, I'm done with the show. We're going to... We're done with the show. I'm retiring off this show. And so the show was going off the air. And the network tried to talk Ray into sticking with it. We'll pay you a lot of money if you'll just keep doing this show. And so he didn't. And at the final taping, the last series here, in front of a television audience, Ray addressed the television audience. And he said, you know, 15 years ago, I came here to Hollywood. And when I came here, I had a suitcase and a letter from my brother. And when I got here, I opened and read that letter. And when I opened it, I saw what he had wrote on that letter. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? And Ray Romano said, I've been blessed. I feel like I have gained the whole world. And now it's time for me to work on my soul. And maybe today it's time for you to work on your soul. Maybe you need a little soul work. So you start by asking God, Father, Help me identify the, 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 the chain, what's holding me down, the, the only thing uh, uh, keeping me from offering you in Christ my whole heart. Help me identify that and help me break free from that. Because only through His power can we do it. That's where we start. And then we open our eyes to what we're missing in Jesus. And then we make a choice. We choose to lose. What this morning? Do you need to lose so that you can gain? The gain is Christ. The victory is Christ. He's won the battle. He invites us to share in the victory. And this morning, perhaps there's something that's, that's holding you back, holding you down. Maybe a sin. Maybe an attitude. Maybe a relationship. A choice that you need to make. This morning as we're assembled together, can we pray with you and for you and encourage you to break free from that, to repent, to, to, to change your way of thinking and point your face towards Christ. So this morning, if you're ready to be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, to receive the gift of His Spirit as a promise and a guide and a comforter to you as you walk through this life with our faces pointed towards eternity, you make that choice this morning. As we stand and sing this good song, if we can help you and encourage you in any way, will you come this morning?